Linda read, glorify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together from Psalm 34. And we've also said together the Lord's Prayer. We've recited it together. And we noticed two things. It begins with, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it ends, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God wants us to begin and end our prayers thinking of him because it does twice as much good to focus on God as it does to focus on anyone or anything else. But when you magnify an object, you enlarge it so that you can see and understand it more. When we magnify God, we do the same thing. So magnify the Lord, glorify the Lord. And this is what happens when we worship him. We take our minds off ourselves and set them on God. We put the emphasis on him. Now, I don't know whether any of you know Eugene Peterson's book. He, he did a Bible translation called The Message. And this is how he paraphrases the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what is best, as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiving you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You are in charge. You can do anything. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Now, this is fairly radical stuff, and many of us will prefer the usual one we say on a Sunday. However, it's good sometimes to see a different way, different words to express ourselves when we pray to God. But it was plainly said here, you are in charge. God is in charge. And I find it extremely comforting when I see such depressing news or hear sad events taking place. St. Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 says, God raised Jesus from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments. No name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. <clears throat> At the centre of all this, Christ rules. So when we magnify the Lord, you are saying, you not only rule the universe, you rule my heart. <clears throat> Those of you that know me well will know <clears throat> that I like words. I like puns and crosswords and the way that a word often triggers a memory of something, a person, an occasion, a song, or even a hymn. And I like the word <clears throat> magnify. It reminds me of the magnifying glasses we all had when we were young. Sherlock Holmes and his magnifying glass, looking for clues. 
being able to see fingerprints if you held a magnifying glass over them. It seemed then to be a scientific thing, like a small microscope somehow, but it was manageable. You could hold it in one hand and hold the object you wanted to look at in the other. I guess we all have glasses now, don't we? But Mary, in her song, The Magnificat, wants to magnify the Lord. In the translation of the Bible we use today, this has been changed to glorifies. In Latin, the word magnificat means glorifies. So the Magnificat, Mary's famous prayer, has held a central place in Christian worship through the centuries. It has been recited at evening prayer. Monks have chanted it. Composers in every age set it to music. Magnificat. Thus is the greatness of God proclaimed in perpetuity. His promises assured his ways made known. It is, above all, an affirmation, the prayer of one who knows. It is a prayer of exultant joy, yes, but also one of quiet serenity. Now I see. Now I understand. It is in knowing God, like that, the spiritual journey moves from the foothills to scaling the summit. After the Annunciation, when Mary was told by the angel she would be having a baby, and this was going to be the Son of God, Mary believed in what God could do and agreed to surrender herself. But when God provided her with a friend, a relative, Elizabeth, with a similar experience, suddenly everything was confirmed and belief blossomed into certainty. They both knew God was to be glorified. And this can be our destination too. We worship, we believe, we ask, we seek, we pray, and allow God to become active in us and alive in us. When we know the greatness of God in the deepest center of our being, then we too can experience his spirit of rejoicing. Mary understood God's absolute holiness, his loving forgiveness, his faithfulness to his promises to every generation, even in these last two years living with the pandemic. I'm now going to read you something written by Alison Phillips. Alison is a, an elder who, at uh, the Braes of Rannach Church. Some of you may know her. And she wrote a, a, a poem or a prayer called A Rannach Reflection. <clears throat> Mist, grayness, no vision, all view obscured, no light on the path, no landmarks, isolated, cut off in the chill dampness that seeps into my bones, 
And yet, unseen, I know the loch and the hills remain. Somewhere above, the sun shines clear. I've seen it so many times, the lifting of the curtain. Lord, when the greyness enters my soul, blotting out your face, making me doubt your presence, disorientating me, seeing no way, shut in, lost. Then remind me of this image. Strengthen my faith to trust when I cannot see your abiding truths. So may I again praise you.